Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Governor Stitt proceeds with plans to start reopening the state, while business responses vary on when they will open their doors, and restaurants team up with a local charity to provide meals for those in need. For The Oklahoman, I'm Paige Dillard. The latest reports from the Oklahoma State Department of Health show there are currently 3,410 positive cases of coronavirus in the state, and the total number of deaths stands at 207. As testing has ramped up over the last few weeks, more confirmed cases of COVID-19 have been found throughout Oklahoma's prison facilities. The Department of Corrections announced Tuesday that one individual held in William S. Key Correctional Center in Fort Supply was released two days after being tested. Hours after his release, his positive test results came back. DOC and health department officials notified individuals who have been exposed, and 52 inmates are in quarantine. All of the inmates in quarantine have been tested, and most test results came back negative. However, three results are still pending. DOC says it will begin testing inmates at least a week before they are set to be released. Six other inmates at several other facilities have also tested positive for the virus. And safely proceed with phase one of our plan to safely measurably reopen on May 1st. Governor Stitt doubled down on his decision to begin reopening the state on Friday. The governor says the three-phase plan follows the White House guidelines, but health professionals disagree. Medical experts say Oklahoma is far from seeing a two-week downward trajectory of COVID-19 cases, which is one of the criteria laid out by the White House for states to reopen. Another criteria is that hospitals must be able to treat all cases without crisis care. Stitt says the state's hospital capacity far exceeds the number of Oklahomans currently hospitalized because of the pandemic. The governor also said the state can slow down the reopening stages or push back dates if there is a boom in new cases or hospitalizations. Uh, the important thing is uh, we're going to be watching that data. My health department is watching the stats, the leading indicators on the percentage of positive tests that we're doing. And if we see anything move in the other direction, uh, we, will, uh, we can always extend those phases out. But we think 14 days of research from the White House guidance and our own experts uh, in the state, uh, that that's a reasonable uh, time to kind of watch the data as we measure we start uh, opening things up. Each of the three phases is slated to last two weeks, with the process concluding in mid-June. As the state looks at reopening, four tribes announced they will extend casino closures. Oklahoma Tribal Casinos operated in Chickas... Oklahoma Tribal Casinos, operated by the Chickasaw, Cherokee, Choctaw, and Muscogee Nations, will remain closed at least through May 15th. The state has nearly three dozen tribes with gaming operations at more than 130 locations. All tribes closed their casinos in March in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. Each tribe has its own government and will be making its own decision on when to reopen.
Some metro area law enforcement agencies say they experienced an increase in suicide calls in the early days of the health pandemic. The Oklahoman's Kayla Branch spoke with several agencies on how they were responding. Some metro area law enforcement agencies saw an increased number of suicide and mental health calls in the early weeks of Oklahoma's COVID-19 pandemic. Those cities include Midwest City, Norman, Choctaw, Oklahoma City as well. Police chiefs in those areas said that after the initial emergency declarations and stay-at-home orders were issued in you know early March, that the departments really saw a spike in those types of calls. Midwest City Police Chief Brandon Klabe said, you know, quote, we are seeing a very alarming increased rate of suicide calls in Midwest City. And he said that mental health calls, which can just be a variety of different things, whether that's, you know, a family member reporting strange behavior from a loved one or someone who doesn't know how to get their medicine refilled to a call from a hospital. Mental health calls can be uh, many different things, but those have also been um, extremely uh, heavy during this time, which I'm not sure if any of these folks felt was surprising because mental health advocates in the state have been really vocal about, you know, expecting that people in Oklahoma were going to be struggling with this. And so resources have definitely expanded um, and people are using them more than than they have been before. There are a lot of new patients in Oklahoma that are accessing mental health care. And people don't expect that to stop. And because of that, and because of the fact that telemedicine has um, really been ramped up in the state, the Midwest City Police Chief said that he thinks um, that is why his numbers and many of the other department numbers across the metro area have leveled off since that initial spike, and they haven't been more uh, than the average last year. So even though there was a spike at the beginning, the numbers have not overall increased. And he believes that that can be attributed to people just adjusting to the realities of the pandemic and learning how to best cope with the stress and, and change in routine, as well as learning how to use telemedicine to stay connected to their doctors doctors. So going forward, um, they believe that, you know, they're going to continue to just patrol as they normally have. Uh, many police officers already receive mental health training, so that was something that they were already doing. And now they're looking forward at what happens to numbers of crime as businesses start to reopen and people start to go back to work and really get out into the communities. Some of the mobile market truck could not quiet the excitement and gratitude of community members as they picked up fresh produce and meals provided by local restaurants. St. Luke's Ending Hunger OKC Mission received a grant from OG&E, enabling the group to partner with local eateries. OG&E gave us a generous grant to filter into restaurants, helping them keep their doors open, keep their employees working and paid, and keep their delicious products going out the door. So every week we are getting thousands of meals delivered to our 18-foot refrigerated semi that's located in the back of the church. And those meals are organized by the day that we're going to go out on our route and deliver them. So it's quite an operation. It takes an army of volunteers, army of staff, members and the community to make it happen. Nine local restaurants are working with the mission group, but others are expected to be added. The mobile market can be spotted in various areas of the OKC Metro on Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays. 
For a complete listing of time and locations, visit stlukesokc.org. And while you're online, visit oklahoman.com for information on these and other stories. And be sure to stop by oklahoman.com slash subscribe to subscribe to our digital products. You can also find information on email newsletters and other podcasts. For The Oklahoman, I'm Paige Dillard.